I love growing up in East Macon. Um, it's it's more so like a family. I still feel like it's home, or like I've come back home every time. You were raised by the community, you know what I'm saying, back then, and everybody really cared. If you really talk to people from East Macon before here, right, there's this un unquenching uh, courage and, and, and desire to still make it. You know, we are we are not only survivors, we are overcomers. So even with the downturn of everything, we've always fought back. We've always been able to make something out of nothing or make it happen. I hope the community understand it's time to um, give it a um, facelift. It could be big, major. With a little, with a little telling, loving, and care, we got, but we got to act now. I'm Samantha Max, and you're listening to Building Blocks from Blight, telling the story of blight in Macon, Georgia, one block at a time. It's a podcast from The Telegraph and Macon.com. Each episode, you'll hear from residents who have watched their neighborhoods disintegrate, deteriorate, and disappear before their eyes. But you'll also hear about what they're doing to renovate and revitalize the communities they call home. Episode 4, Fort Hill. Carlos Reynolds is something of a celebrity in Fort Hill, a historic neighborhood just northeast of downtown Macon and the Okmulgee River. Better known as Lock Dog, Reynolds was close with all his neighbors as a kid and still spends almost every day in the community, visiting friends and coaching the local youth basketball league. But Reynolds doesn't live in Fort Hill anymore. He moved his family to the quiet suburbs of North Macon in 2006. He didn't want to raise his four children on the same streets where he dealt drugs as a teen. I had to raise my kids on something different. You know what I'm saying? I had to give them a better chance, a better start, you know. Reynolds loved growing up in his grandparents' home in East Macon, back in the days when kids rode their bikes through the streets and danced at neighborhood clubs every Saturday night. But the neighborhood wasn't without its faults, he tells me one sunny afternoon in May, sitting in his aunt's living room on Wolf Oak Street. It, it, it was rough, you know what I mean, uh, growing up right there, you know, uh, coming outside, you see the drug dealers, you know what I'm saying, you're a young cat, you see them, that's who you are, you're looking up to, they're looking out for you, you know what I'm saying, you end up doing the same thing, you know, caught up in the cycle. Reynolds tried to break that cycle. He played sports, earned his diploma from Northeast High School, and almost enlisted in the Navy. But the appeal of easy money was hard to resist. Get to some money, you know what I'm saying? We were young, but that's how we were, that's what we were raised up to do, you know what I'm saying? That's how we seen uh, fighting, you know, uh, fighting, game banging, all of that right there, you know what I'm saying? It was a, it was a uh, part, of, part of growing up, you know what I'm saying? So was death. Reynolds estimates he's lost more than 70 friends and relatives over the years. So we have more people that don't pass from our neighborhood than people have friends. You know what I'm saying? Just people that done, that done passed on. These, I'm talking about when I talk about them, they're not just close to me. They're close to everybody that I, you know what I'm saying? Everybody in the hood, you know what I mean? It's Reynolds points to a shirt, a bright white tee adorned with the words Fort Hill, the big block letters filled with the faces of loved ones who have passed away. They'll bring us together a lot, you know what I'm saying? Because we see a lot of it, and we have a lot of it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and and, and that, that, that's something that keep us keep us tight because we come together for each other. We help each other out, you know. Uh, I done got to the point where I don't even like go to funerals no more. 
In the past five years alone, at least 26 people have been shot within a one-mile radius of the house where Reynolds' grandparents raised him, on the corner of Cowan and Ritchie Streets. Eight of those shootings were fatal. You get frustrated because uh, you don't want to see nothing happen to uh, no young person that's close to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see nothing happen to one of my athletes or nobody really, you know what I mean? But definitely don't want to see nothing, no, no um, dramatic situation close to home, you know what I mean? And, and that's what that's what it brings, you know, uh, your, your, your child can just be out having fun and catch a straight bullet or something going on or somebody don't like what they got on or anything and just go to messing with them. So, yeah, it gets frustrating. A few years ago, Reynolds started rapping, writing songs about the neighbors he's lost. It didn't take long to think of a title for the first rap, Fort Hill Till the Day I Die. Life is what it is, you know what I'm saying? And that's what this done taught me, you know, growing up here. That's what it done taught me. Life is what it is, so... You know, we take these blows and we keep moving. If you really talk to people from East Macon or Fort Hill, right, there's this un unquenching uh, courage and, and, and desire to still make it. That's Dominique Johnson, pastor of Kingdom Life Church in East Macon and a friend of Reynolds. You know, we are, we are not only survivors, we are overcomers. So... Even with the downturn of everything, we've always fought back. We've always been able to make something out of nothing or make it happen. The past few decades haven't been easy on Fort Hill. The crack epidemic hit the community hard in the 80s and 90s. Then in 2006, a nearby Brown and Williamson tobacco plant closed down, taking 2,100 jobs with it. With the advent of Brown and Williamson leaving about 14 years ago, I think you had a true mixed income high school at one point and so you have you had this uh, void of an, uh, of people who lived in this area around this area that uh that there's somewhat of an economic void so to speak sherman kinds who grew up in fort hill and still lives in the neighborhood said the east side turned into a ghost town when the tobacco company left it's been downhill ever since in census tracts 111 and 138, the two tracts that encompass Fort Hill, more than two-thirds of children under 18 live below the federal poverty line. The median household income in census tract 138 is $17,569, and in neighboring tract 111, it's just $11,875. The Georgia average is $52,977. More than 150 vacant properties line the streets of Fort Hill, many past the point of repair. And that blight impacts morale. And it's really sad to see a lot of the blight. That's Deborah Evans, a longtime East Macon resident and president of the Fort Hill Neighborhood Association. It's hard to get people to help, you know, to be concerned citizens like we are. And, you know, it's, it's get depressing sometimes, very much so. Evans wonders if there will still be an East Macon five or ten years from now. I mean, you just, if, if you just really go down some of the streets and, and um, just look in some of the areas, it's a lot of the houses and stuff, the blight, and, you know, just, just like you say, all the peoples are moving. They are really moving. Kind wishes they would start moving back. He's watched so many Fort Hill natives leave as soon as they earn enough money to move elsewhere, he tells me one morning at the Dunkin' Donuts on Gray Highway. 
Successful people, man, they have so many bad memories. We just not gonna say four here, we're gonna say ghettos over the world. Um when you were young you and you grew up in a situation, your first thing is what? Get you some money and never come back. So what I've learned, when people even get money and then living making, they don't stay where they're from. Especially black, successful people. They move out the ghetto and to a middle class community and, and cut off all ties to it. Kine wants to build something that will give his former neighbors a reason to come back. He dreams of a black Wall Street with plenty of jobs and beautiful homes. Beverly Pitts, who's owned the Hairlines Beauty Salon in East Macon since 1991, thinks bringing more locally owned small businesses to the neighborhood could provide the jobs and services the community desperately needs. Her beauty salon has not only brought steady business to the neighborhood for 30 years, it's also brought people together. Yeah. I think a beauty salon has always been a staple and a stable business type in, in the community. Uh, particularly small black communities. They're, they're, they're a place and a hub where people can come and feel better. <laughs> I, I love that we can make people feel better just by the work that we do. But um, there's also a bonding, people that see each other every week, they look for each other, if they're missing, they're like, where's so-and-so? Because he usually comes when I come. Pitts told me running her salon has helped her feel more connected to her community. She grew up in Highland Circle, Fort Hill's northern neighbor, and wanted to invest in East Macon even after she moved away as an adult. The salon provides a space for people to come together. It also sponsors neighborhood events and offers free services for kids at the start of the school year. I think um, the success comes from just the way you treat people and being the type of business that can be uplifting and encouraging you know, even while you're trying to make a living. You know, you can bond the two. <laughs> Shanna Johnson also chose to dedicate her career to the East Megan neighborhood where she grew up. As a supervisor at the Rosa Jackson Recreation Center on Maynard Street, Johnson acts as a mother figure to the hundreds of children who attend the center's after-school program and summer camp. I love working with the kids in my community um, and seeing the changes that I, can, that I make in their lives and their family lives. You know, um, don't get me wrong, we, there's a lot of work that we need and um, that every community needs. But I feel that, you know, if we all pull together and we create a village for these kids, that anything is possible. Johnson knows many of the children carry a heavy burden. Some are essentially raising themselves while their parents work long hours, she told me. Others are responsible for siblings and cousins as well. But at the center, Johnson says, those obligations disappear. We're here to allow a child to be a child. You know, um, you don't have any responsibilities, any worries once you get here. You, you can just be yourself, you know. Johnson thinks some kids in East Macon grow up too fast. Children who used to play games and do homework at the center's after-school program each day have since been incarcerated or killed. But Johnson tries to steer the neighborhood kids in the right direction. I hope that, you know, I have just made some type of impact you know, some type of lasting impact on their lives that are, you know, um, like that, like like your intuition or that voice that keeps ringing in your head, you know, be great, be wonderful, go out and take over the world, but in a positive way. 
Kind thinks education could be the key to revitalization in East Macon. Fort Hill has a 200-year history, and he wants the kids growing up in this neighborhood to know that. If you know history, you'll know the mindset of your city and why things flow how the way it flow. Um, people like me, it should be 50 people like me in every community that have knowledge on their community, that knows the importance of their community, that knows um, big history figures in their community, uh, how it starts. Well, my um, short-term hopes and goals were just to get people educated on how important it is to um, take care of your community. Get people registered to vote and teach them how important it is to take care of your community. Like simple stuff like, man, pick that trash up, man. Don't throw paper, don't, don't litter. Um, you know, just simple things. Kind knows he can't save the neighborhood on his own. He's afraid he might fail if he goes it alone. I think I got anxiety. I think I'm scared to take on a task and failing. I don't ever want to be the person that take on something I can't handle. That's a big burn, man. <laughs> like, we definitely need somebody, though. A little bit more educated, more than me, because, you know, I, I went to college two years. I, you know what I'm saying? I just know I care about the community, but it takes more than that. But Kind admits it's time to stop making excuses and start taking action. I, I think it's on me. It's on people like me to step up. Building Blocks from Blight is a production of The Telegraph and Macon.com with support from Report for America and the News Collab at Arizona State University. This episode was written and produced by me, Samantha Max. Our music is by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. Find more episodes of Building Blocks from Blight on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, and check out the written series that accompanies this podcast on Macon.com.